When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No idea what this is. Oh. I know the theme. It's the new Houston. It's a though. What is it? Oh, well done. This is a ZZ Top cover of wow. 25 Lighters. A ZZ Top cover of 25 yeah. Lighters? So ZZ Top, famous Houston band, covering. Well okay, geek. Sorry, Houston Once again, Arch. you have outdone yourself there, Patrick. Yes, Trying to get some Houston mojo in the air. Wow. I see it. I see CZ it. CZ top covering the screwed up click. Woo. Man, that's, that's not, I don't think there's anything more Houston than that right there. <laughs> so new theme Thursday. There better be some Paul Wall up in here. I know that. <laughs> Sitting sideways. It's almost impossible, though, for him to do the music theme in Houston and, like, totally – be able to encompass all of the No, that's the thing, yeah. There, there's a lot of people that did not Beyonce make the list. Right, right. And there's also a lot of people that I listen to, and pretty much every song starts with, like, 14 cuss words. <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't play some things. because so I was like, the edited version is just going to be an instrumental. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who, who is the most Houston artist, period? To me? Like, when you think of Houston music, who comes to mind first? For me, it's definitely <laughs> going to be Brad Jordan. Scarface. Wow. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because Ghetto Boys, I mean, Ghetto yeah. Boys... Probably the first big group out of H-Town. Yeah, Willie D just had a birthday. Yeah. I believe, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, that's a, I go back, yeah, man. I go back to ZZ Top because that's what I grew up on. Yeah, I feel that too. I, I, I ZZ Top, when they were called the Moving Sidewalks, which is what their yeah. band name was when they were kind of more of a psych rock band. They were no the doubt. Moving Sidewalks. They played my mom's prom in Houston. What? Like, wow. that's how long they've been in Houston. That's Okay. Man, where'd your mom go to school in Houston? I can't remember. Okay, I was, yeah, I was just wondering. My bad. Yeah, I'll, I'll text a, her. I'll find out. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, yeah. It, it, I was thinking about that because Texas has, I'm sorry, Texas does, but Houston has a really rich music history. Who is, who is um, yours? Man, for me personally, it's because I'm from, it, it, it's kind of a, it's DJ Screw probably okay. for me more All than right. anything. And I know yeah. it's kind of a variety of artists because you got Screw and Screwed Up Click. And for me, that's probably it right there. For most people nationally, it's going to be Beyonce. Yeah, that's so why I tried to put a variety of Houston. Because yeah. I could have done Houston hip hop and just done oh, yeah. just and that. Now, and now Lizzo claims H Town too, right? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, like, she's claiming that now. She's got something. And that Megan Thee Stallion. Oh, like Megan Thee Stallion. She's Texas Southern. I know what I'm saying. Like, there's a lot of, a lot of people claiming H Town in that way too. So, anyway, there you go. H Town is the theme of a new theme Thursday. I want to thank my man Patrick for working really hard. Finding a. Man, CZ top cover of 25 lives. Didn't even know that existed. Didn't know it was a thing. Uh, that's how hard he's working. All right. We're working hard, too. Uh, and uh, actually, I can't lie to you. We're hardly working out yeah, here because we're having a damn a good, good time, time at Terry right. Flax Barbecue here in Lockhart. Got Longhorns surrounding us, throwing up the horns. Great food out here. You know the iconic, legendary Terry Black's Barbecue. Uh, but we're out here at the brand new spot in Lockhart. It's been out here like a month already. It is great. you got to make it a priority to get out here to this spot. Great. We're out here on the patio having a good time. Uh, already had one meal. Talked to wifey. She already got the order in. 
so many, so I'm going to order some stuff to go. <laughs> but everybody's having a good time getting fat and happy out here at Terry Black's Barbecue. There is a world, they're calling it the World's Fair of Barbecue happening this weekend here in uh, Lockhart, too. So Saturday and Sunday. Sunday's going to be at the park, I believe, here in mm-hmm, Lockhart. Mm-hmm. But Saturday's going to be downtown. They're going to transform the whole downtown into uh, the World's Fair of Barbecue. And, hell, you're talking about one of the uh, the godfathers, if you will, uh, <laughs> one of the uh, the godfathers of the barbecue game here in Central Texas with Terry Black, who also joined us today. We appreciate all of his hospitality. And the best thing about it is just us being out here. The, look at them pits. Yeah, those man. pits. How many out? How many I, they got? I have there? no clue, I but those are like, some of the biggest pits I've seen. No, they. Uh, I'm trying to if I can describe how big these damn things are. I mean, they're huge. Yeah, it's it'd be hard for me to describe how big they are. Picture like um, like. Like eight Kelvin Banks. Um, <laughs> that's a great together. way of looking. Hey, I yeah, like man. that. So like eight Kelvin Banks all squashed. And that's one. Like that's just one, one. One of the pitches is like eight Kelvin Banks yeah. all there together. And then the picture, like, I think they got six of those. So six Love or seven it. of them there. Love it. Yeah, man. They're here gargantuan. Uh, all right. Let's get to some Texas football discussion while we got time here. But we'll continue the discussion in Raj around the day. Uh, we got to hear from Sark. Uh, you were at, not at, but. You attended, yeah. yes. I should say, the Zoom media availability. for Sorry, actually asked a great question about the K-State quarterbacks, which we've talked about uh, ad nauseum here. But let's be honest, the big topic of discussion and the conundrum for Texas will be Deuce Vaughn. Yes. How do you contain Deuce Vaughn? Is there any containing Deuce Vaughn? Can you, you know, I'll say, like, you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. Exactly. I mean, he is the definition of that. You can't stop that guy, especially all the ways they use him. Uh, for Texas, they're just going to have to find ways to be able to neutralize him as a threat. And, and there's a lot of different ways he's a, a threat, too, with the versatility within the offense. So here's Steve Sarkeesian earlier today at the Zoom availability talking about the extraordinary, talented uh, Deuce Vaughn. Well, I think there's probably two main ones. One, you need to know where he is. Um, you know, they do a nice job of, you know, it's easy when he's just in the backfield, um, but they do a nice job of moving him around in some of their empty packages um, of getting him, trying to get him isolated one-on-one to run his option routes, uh, which he's a very talented receiver. Uh, I think, two, you can't expect one guy to get him on the ground. Uh, we have to play with amazing effort. We have to populate the ball, and you have to wrap him up. He's got great center of gravity. He's got really good balance and body control. Um, and he's a one cut, get vertical guy. So we, we've got to do a good job of playing with fanatical effort, getting around the ball and wrapping him up. Yeah, populate the football. Populate I the prefer football. party at the football, but he's right. Uh, you can't depend on one guy to tackle him in the open field. Even, even in a little small confined space like a phone booth, man, it's hard to get that guy on the ground with just one man. Yeah, and it's a beautiful thing too because you sit here and you look at what Deuce Vaughn brings to the table every day. But we're fortunate enough, we get a chance to look at Bijan every single week. We're, that's who we focus on. Good that's point. who we see. And these are the same type of running backs. They're quick yeah. in space. You talked about the phone booth situation. Bijan can make you miss in a phone booth as well. But the way that Deuce goes about it, and maybe it's just because he's so undersized. Maybe that's what intrigues us so much about his ability. Could but be. we've seen little backs go through this, especially at K-State. Yep. You look at Darren Sproles and what he was able to bring. And then you look at the Lockett boys, all of them that went through K-State as well. They are explosive types of players. Right you that. talked about it yesterday, Rod. You say K-State recruits who they recruit. You have to fit the way that this program is set up, and they find those guys. But you're right. You have to account for Deuce Vaughn no matter 
what? You said it last hour. That instead of wondering who's the Mike linebacker, everybody's up there yelling, 22, 22. He's yep. on the left. He's on the right, making sure that nobody forgets to find that guy. Sark talked about it. you got to keep up with him. Well, the best way to do it is everybody yells where he's at. Everybody. All eyes on him, like yep. Pop. Nah, I'm with yeah. you, man, for real. Uh, you're right about that. I know it seems – you know, kind of elementary uh, and maybe middle school football to yell out where the best player is, I, I'm not against it. I'm not at all. I want to and, and vocalize it so everybody knows right. where it is because the last thing you want is to say, they lost Deuce Vaughn. <laughs> and it happens. Right. Sometimes he's like, oh, they lost Deuce Vaughn in the formation. Like, how the hell does that happen? But Sark is good at that. Sark is good at hiding guys within the structure of the formation with the variety, with a lot of cheat codes and force multiplies. And you're like, well, how did X-Men end up wide open? Not last week. All right, not yeah. too so, but sometimes that was the case. All right, let's hear from uh, – Formally. Formally. <laughs> uh, but something else that worries me about – let's flip Let's flip the script real quick. Let's go to the uh, Texas offense versus that K-State defense, which, uh -huh. by the way, is one of the better defenses in the Big 12. Yes. Uh, they're a sound defense. Strangely enough, they, they're a sound defense that's opportunistic. They actually lead uh, the Big 12 in interceptions. And all of their – I don't know how this actually has – happen it's so strange it's a strange stat all of their turnovers all of their takeaways have come <laughs> at home at home all of their takeaways yeah. as a matter of fact only one of their forced fumbles has come away from home so all of their fumble recoveries all their interceptions and almost all of their forced fumbles have come at home so they're a different beast when they're playing at home uh, especially defensively as opposed to playing on the road i think for texas that's probably the case too uh, one thing that concerns me, and I've been talking about this for a while, not the only one uh, that's noticed this trend, uh, but Sark has had trouble facing the three-down, three-high safety look. Uh, what my man Ian Boyd calls the flyover defense. He's had issues with it. If you go look at teams that minor or major in that three-high safety look, uh, he's scoring right now on average 25 points per game. And if you look at the games on the road against teams that major in the three-high, three-down look, um, he is averaging a little less than 21 points per game. Right. So it, 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 it's – and I've talked about this too, uh, the reason that it gives Sark's offense problems. And I, I don't think it's something that will continue. I think Sark's actually is showing that he, his offense with more talent like Quinn Ewers and JT Sanders and more uh, threats all around uh, with, with the offense. And I do believe he's having more success and he's starting to figure it out. Remember, it's a relatively new scheme. has probably been popular now for – Man, maybe eight, seven, eight years. Maybe. I don't even know if it's that long. Maybe seven years, something like that. So it hasn't been out that long. Quinn Ewers definitely hasn't seen a lot of it. No. Nope. You saw when, you know, Oklahoma State ran conceptually a little bit of it too, just from their Jim Knowles days. Um, and there was some issues there, of course, with recognizing the, the coverages and recognizing how malleable that back end is. So, Harge, that's something I think a lot of Longhorn fans – already are familiar with that Sark's had trouble with those three high safety down, three high three down defenses but K-State they are one of the probably behind Ohio State in the Big 12 probably the best team in terms of running that specific uh, defensive philosophy yeah it, it, it's funny to me because you went through all the numbers they've only given up 19 points per game since they switched to that 3-3-5 three, three, mm -hmm. they've only given it up 19 total I mean not total but points per game yep. so we were sitting talking earlier in the year about the Dallas Cowboys defense just hold them 
You score 20, we'll hold them to 19. You score 20, we'll hold them to 19. That's the recipe for them to have success. That's the same recipe that K-State is looking at right now. Don't turn the ball over. Force turnovers at home. Make big plays, and we'll be in a good position. I love the aggressiveness of this defense. You know, number 91, I'm not even going to mess this young man's name. Oh, Felix and Yudike. Uzoma. Yeah. Yeah. You got to know it because he's good. Yeah. He's worth Pay attention to number 91. He's got nine, nine tackles for loss this year. He's a beast now. And seven and a half sacks. That means he's spending a lot of time. And by the way, he was preseason picked to be the defensive player of the year. And he is staying on course for what has been expected of him. That was a good pick. But they have a lot of players that will turn the ball. They will make the ball be turned over, and that's going to be the biggest challenge. We saw the lack of success last week with uh, Quinn yours and how ineffective he was. Let's not forget, 30 incompletions in a game. And Sark was asked about it today, and, and he, he got into the conversation about him and, uh, him and Quinn spending some time together after a bad game and, and what can we do to get better and simplifying some things and oh, yeah. finding out where those <clears throat> mistakes were. And that's great. That's what he should be doing. He played the quarterback position. We've talked about how critical he is of that position. But there's a lot to be, be had this week. And if they can find those little happy spots in that defense, I think Texas, because of the skilled level players, are going to be able to press the issue. Yeah. No, they definitely have the skill talent to do so. Let's hear from Sark uh, talking about that uh, very, very impressive K-State defense as of late. Well, one, and this isn't to slight any one of their players. This is just, I, I think, to try to compliment them as a, as a defense in general. I think they play great team defense. I think they play on a string together. Uh, I think the, the defensive line sets the tone. They're very physical. They play with great effort. I think their linebackers are physical players. And I think their their five DBs that they play with work well together. They're a veteran group. Those guys have played a lot of football, uh, and you can see them growing together. You know, the three safeties all kind of transfers um, have kind of grown within the scheme as the years gone on. They've got two long veteran corners, uh, so in the end, I think they do it well together. Um, you know, obviously that's not to discount ninety one. He's a heck of a pass rusher. Uh, or the corners, their ability to play man coverage. But I just think the strength of their team is their ability to, to play together as one. Uh, yeah, I mean, he makes a good point about that. Can I – Because you have you looked at where their secondary – that three safeties are from? They're probably all Texas dudes. No, they're not. One's from North Dakota State. One's from Prairie View. PV. Yeah, and the other one, oh, man, I forget. It's from a – I think he was a transfer. He went to, like, Virginia or somewhere else like that. But they, they're they very um, unassuming. Right. <laughs> Talents there at safety. But he's right, and I, I think I, I know what he's saying there. Like, you don't want to take away from their individual talents. But they play individually doing research on these guys. Yeah. They're not all that impressive. But you go look at – you watch them play collectively as a group. That's what it's all about. They, they there's a synchronicity to the way that they play that you don't really see with a lot of defense. And like I said, I think Iowa State, in terms of how structural, structurally sound they are, uh, with the structural integrity, if you will, of that defense, they're, that's probably the only defense in the Big 12 that has as much uh, structural integrity yeah. with their defense as K-State does. Like, well, they just don't have a lot of bust. They don't have a lot of uh, vulnerabilities. It's a pretty sound defense all around. Well, you know this better than anybody because you were on the defensive side of the ball 
when the defense is playing collectively, that's when you have success. It doesn't matter if Rob B is locking down his guy if on the other side they are making plays and the other team is scoring. That's true. You know, it's going to have to be a cohesive unit. And if they can populate to the football, as, uh, as our man Sark likes to say, that's what their defense have been doing. That's why they're 6-2 and two and 4-1 and one in the Big 12 and pretty much control their destiny when you look at it if, if they continue to win out. Yeah. So there's a lot that, that goes into it. And as a football player, baseball player, basketball player, it's a team-first game. It's not golf. It's not tennis. And you got to go out there and make sure that everybody knows their responsibility. I told you last time, I know everybody gets tired of hearing this, but I'm always going back to what Coach Vic Schaefer talks about and k-state is showing us that do your job and everything else will take care of itself yeah no you're right there there i do your job defense yeah dyj defense yeah i uh, know three safeties the three starting safeties one's uh out of juco that's kobe savage uh they got another one out of prayer view drake cheatham um and josh hayes is a sixth year player out of north dakota state yeah. I mean, they, as I say, it's a very unassuming group, but they play really, really good. They basically, what what worries me, and you know what, we'll get into this more in Rod's round today is I, the the way that three high safety defense matches up with Sark's offense. Uh, and I don't, it's not even really schematically as much as it, it is kind of um, philosophically how it ends up matching up with Sark's, Sark's offense. We'll talk about that, but let's hear from Sark uh, before we get to Rod's round today. And here is uh, Sark talking about the play-calling philosophy. This is pretty interesting um, because, obviously, play-calling has been a big topic of conversation. Um, here is Sark talking about the, uh, the play-calling philosophy that could affect him in his K-State matchup. I, th- I think, like, I th- anything, you know, first of all, every game takes on a life and a personality of its own, right? Um, it's, you know, you play him with the lead and it's uh, – you know, 17 to 14, are you playing with a lead and it's, you know, 38 to 24, you know, what type of a game are you in? How is your defense playing? You know, how, you know, what's been effective for us offensively? Uh, I think at the end of the day, you know, that's, that's part of being a good play caller is calling the necessary things to, to win a football game. And when you have a lead, you know, I think the natural objective is to, okay, what do we need to do to win the game? All right. Is it one, slow it down and squeeze the clock? Uh, Does that mean we're going to run it more or is it two, continue to attack at a really high level and try to outscore them? Uh, But I think a lot of that is predicated on the style and the personality of the game that you're in. And hopefully you're well-versed enough offensively to do either one, you know, have the ability to run the ball when they know you're going to run it, uh, which is something that we preach or have the ability to, to stay aggressive within the game plan and, and run and pass and take your shots and do those things because you know that's what's going to be needed because of the way the other offense from the other team is playing. Yeah, I mean, obviously play calling is a complicated, multi-factorial yes. uh, decision, decision-making process. So I, it's one of those things where it's not there's no easy solution to how Sark can be a better play caller in the second half and Texas can score more points. I wish it's about something. He's it's about growth for him as a play caller and as a coach. Yeah, um, that's something that, and I think hopefully Longhorns are they believe uh, that he'll grow as a coach, evolve into becoming a better second half, fourth quarter play caller. The same guy that we see in the first and first half in the first quarter. Right, and that's the biggest challenge. Uh, not necessarily. Well, yeah, it's, an, it's the biggest challenge because you sit here and you say, all right, 
going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's been a successful play caller. Is it him or is it the players not executing? I think we have a sample size that's big enough to know that something happens in the second half that kind of, what did you call it, writer's block? Sometimes yeah, you get into basically. a funk that you're not yeah. making the adjustments. Play calling insecurity for him. Right. Just, yeah, he just he Sark and I said, you know what? I'll probably get into this more in Raj. Right yeah, let's do I know that. it's coming up, yeah, so I don't do want that. to take up too much time with it because we're just gonna continue to talk K State. One other cut here before uh, we get to Raj from today, and this was about uh, the opportunity that Texas has against K State. And I think it is a huge opportunity for this program and for Sark for the players. They need to learn how to close. Uh, they got to start winning road games. They're one and six on the road under Sark, one and five against what AP top twenty-five yeah. teams under Sark. So there's a lot I think that can be accomplished here for this squad and can really be a moment of growth for them, uh, especially on the road, overcoming adversity against one of the hottest, te- hottest teams in the country right now. Uh, here's Sark about that uh, that great opportunity that exists uh, for this team versus K State. Well, you know, this is a heck of a challenge. This is a good team. Um, we're, we're, we're going on a road into a, a great environment for college football at night. Um, so I think the, the opportunity for us is to, is to show the resolve, the resiliency, the togetherness that we have. Um, I think it's to show the, the, the team that we are, the, the capability that we have. We've got really good players. Um, I think that we've put together a good game plan. Ultimately, we have to go play the game. Um, and this game, quite frankly, is probably going to come down to a handful of plays, you know, and you, you, we can't always assume those plays are going to be in the fourth quarter. Some of those critical plays may be in the third and the second quarter. So uh, ideally, execution has got to be at a, at a high level. Um, and then it's making those plays at the critical moments uh, and making sure as a staff that we're putting our players in the best position uh, to make those plays when those moments arise. All right, that is Sark talking about K-State and uh, really just rising to the occasion. Uh, being, I think Lincoln Raleigh uh, always talks about it, um, having elite execution in key moments. Right. Having, having your, you know I mean, basically executing at your, at your best in elite, or basically in key moments. Pressure's, pressure bus pipes, right? Yeah. That's how, that's how it goes down. And if you are calm, cool, and collected, you're going to be able to make those plays. And that goes back to your point, making the key play in the key time and going on about everything. That's what Texas has not yeah, been able to that's, do. That's where we've been lacking. They have that's not, what Texas yeah. has been lacking. They have not had elite execution in key moments. That's yep. what they'll need to beat K-State. All right, we come back. Uh, I'll start kind of finalizing what I think the game plan needs to be for Texas on offense and on defense. We've been talking about this matchup all week long, so we'll go over some of the more uh, detailed concepts, uh, some of the more uh, detailed matchups that I think will determine this Texas-K-State game. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, live from Terry Black's Barbecue right here in Lockhart, the brand spanking new location. Brand new. It's already starting to fill up. Folks coming out for Oh, supper time. It's, it's din din. It, it, no, it's supper. Supper. Supper is supper. earlier than dinner. Right. See, it's she supper. knows why she's laughing. She's like, oh, it is supper time. It ain't, it's supper time. See, <laughs> supper is before dinner. Dinner, it's like, she knows. Dinner is like around seven, something like that, six. Yeah. When we six, get off when we get when off, we air. get off work, that's dinner time. Yeah. All right, now these fine folks enjoying supper. Okay. It's supper time it's out here. It's supper. Yeah, no doubt. Well, supper, dinner, it's all good at Terry Black's Barbecue. What's right supper? <laughs> I like that. Well done. Well done. Uh, right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful night in the Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. No, oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, it's time for Rod's rant of the day. And, of course, we're talking about the Purple Kryptonite, Texas versus K-State. Uh, we've been breaking down this matchup all week long, and uh, it is. I mean, I think Vegas has it with Texas as a two-point favorite. Mike had got that line at a one. Yep. Uh, Texas has a one-point favorite. It is. I think it's probably as close to a pick as you're going to get, especially now with Texas playing on the road and uh, under Stark they've only won. Uh, one true road game. Uh, There are a couple of things that I want to get into that I think are going to be really key for Texas in this matchup. Uh, A few of these things we've already talked about ad nauseum and broke it down, but let's start with the Texas defense. I think the key matchup is going to be that Texas defense trying to figure out a way to stop Deuce Vaughn and whoever the starting quarterback is. As a matter of fact, my man Harge, I don't know who the report was from Harge, but you saw a report from a credible source yes, um, that did have current information about the K-State quarterback situation. Yeah, and what they said was Adrian Martin. I was going to say Adrian Peterson. Adrian. <laughs> they wish. Yeah. If they had Adrian Peterson, I would definitely be picking K-State in this matchup right now. I'll tell you that right. That's easy. Yeah, they said <laughs> that uh, Adrian Martinez had been practicing um, today. He was, he was at practice, but there are still – not sure if he's going to be able to go okay. uh, on Saturday. Probably still going to be a game time decision. All right, um, and I yeah, that makes sense. And even if you know they were they were saying that he he was practicing like he was one hundred percent to every rep, they would yeah. still say exactly. who the starting quarterback is going to be a game time decision. As well, they should. And that's smart what, move. That seems to be the the code now exactly. of every coach nowadays. Right. I'm going to make you split your your practice time, which by the way is limited by NCAA rules. Right. I'm going to make you split it and have to prepare for both of these quarterbacks. And I'm going to I'm going to have to make you overload the uh, the central processing unit yes. of all your defenders because I'm giving them two game plans. They right. have to memorize right. all week long. All right. And they're gonna be like, Man, I thought we was doing this one for this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah change. Oh yeah, exactly. You were like, Oh yeah, you're right. For the uh, for for Will Howard, yeah. we were going to uh press the press the wide receivers and be inside leverage. But for Adrian Martinez, we we're gonna go off coverage, outside leverage, so we can have eyes on the quarterback because right. he's more about the design run game, like little wrinkles like that, but a Confused. guy may get mixed up. Exactly. And if you're K State, honestly, if I was K State, I'd throw both I'd use both of them. Yeah. Because if, if they if they spent the time to prepare for both quarterbacks, Texas did, like I said, limited, I would at times try to catch those DBs in a moment of mental oh, yeah. lapse. Oh, yeah. Well, you could tell that they're sitting there thinking they, too much. Yes. Yeah. Even if yeah. they are thinking about, oh, what was the, what's the Will Howard Right, and they're looking again? at each other trying to nah. get confused. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, so I wouldn't doubt if you saw both of them yeah. either way because I think Hardest White, they can't worry about burning a red shirt again for – uh, Will Howard, they're going to need that red shirt for, you know, well, they're going to need Will Howard, I should say, for the rest of the season because they need a trustworthy backup, and that's exactly what Will Howard is, even if Adrian Martinez ends up being the guy. But getting to the defense and what the defense can do based on some of the film study I've watched of K-State, they have to devote resources 
in a very judicious way against K-State because it's such a multi-dimensional offense. Talked about how, you know, they're going to make you defend the quarterback run game, defend the RPO. They're going to defend the zone read also because the quarterback may decide to keep it depending on how he plays that defensive end. Yes. And then you got to play the tags on top of that with the – you know, with the passing game and the route combinations they put up. And they do some funky stuff, which I'll get to in a second. And I, I wonder if PK building his game plan, Gary Patterson helping too, if they should trust their interior D-line more. They didn't trust their interior D-line versus Oklahoma State, and I think it cost them. I think if they would devoted more of their resources to helping secure the inside breaking inside breaking routes in the passing game and the second level it might have helped them they devoted a lot of resources to stopping the run which they did effectively but it wasn't necessarily because they they outnumbered or stacked the box on Oklahoma State they did it because their D-line has been the most consistent part of this team all year long other than running back well I, I agree interior with you. D-line yeah I agree with you 100 percent that that is Every week we look at the grade. Every week. They grade out better than anybody else in the conference. And you got five of them. Yes. You got Coburn, Ojimo, Murphy, Sweat. Kyle, you can, you you can, can just rotate keep throwing them, them in there. Yeah. And I wonder if this is a game where you, you tell your basically your linebackers, right, that man, I, I need you guys maybe to prioritize the edges. That in, your interior uh, run support, your interior uh, run defense actually is probably the strength of your defense. How do you hold it, though? That's my question to you. Do, do, do you tell them, hold your water as long as you possibly can and I'm, let those big guys work I, at the front? I'm worried about the edges. Yeah, okay. Honestly, with the quarterback run game and a guy like Deuce Vaughn, I'm more worried about them getting to that, that C and that D gap than I am worried about them exploiting the A and the B gap. Right. I think, you, I think the strength of your team is your A and your B gap defenders, and I think for – for K-State, I wouldn't doubt if they start by attacking the edges and even staying away from that group. My point is, don't give them extra help because I think you're going to need to allocate those resources elsewhere. Right. And I probably would do it at the edges. That's fair. That's where they're going to attack. And I'd worry about that with a mobile quarterback and Deuce Vaughn behind Bijan. Probably the the most explosive and the most dynamic running back in the country behind Bijan. Both of them were preseason All-American. Yeah. Both of them together. That's what I'm saying. I know Deuce Fun is great in between the tackles to running, but everybody else in the Big 12 doesn't have the interior defenders you do. Right. You have the best interior D-line in the Big 12. Yes. I think you should use it to help you win games. Very fair. Very right? fair. F- football works at it, – it, it's a numbers game, but the reason the numbers can flip in your advantage because you got better players. You got guys. Right? If I got guys yeah. that – if I got three interior, interior D-linemen that's going to take four of your offensive linemen to block – I win the numbers advantage again. It Correct. flips back in my favor. Right. And honestly, I think for Texas, they have that advantage. I would use it. I'm just saying, I'm not saying Deuce Vaughn's not going to try to hurt you inside. They run the counters. Uh, you oh, know, they run power. Enough in they, there. Yeah, they can. But my yeah. point is, your strength is in there. Right. Where you're weakest, in my opinion, on, on the edges, edges. Yep. on the perimeter. Yep. And they can hit that all day, every day on you. So don't, <laughs> this is not the game to pack the middle, as I did, as I told you to do against right. Oklahoma State and Spencer right. Sanders. A little bit different here with the way they attack you. Uh, I've stated this all week long, and I'll continue to say it. Uh, defenders, the DBs need to be inside leverage. Got to be inside leverage. I've talked about it nicely, but I'll just give you the numbers because they're – they're a bit sickening. It's, it's uh, Almost I, disgusting. Uh, they're disgusting. <laughs> they really are. Uh, last two weeks, though, when uh, teams have decided they're going to run a, 
in, in type of in breaking route. I call it either an in five yards, like a 90 degree angle, five yards, and they flatten it out, or a slant, or a glance, or a post route. Uh, in the last two weeks, as Iowa State and Oklahoma State teams are completing 78% of those uh, targets to those routes um, for 13.9 yards per attempt and an explosive play rate, which means a play of at least 15 yards or more uh, 44% of the time. So, And you're getting a first down or a touchdown 65% of the time. Mm. If they don't cover those routes, and the way to cover those routes is to get inside leverage, then Texas, they, they're going to get beat essentially with those route concepts because that's all that Oklahoma State did. And even before that, Iowa State, that was a lot of the damage they did as well. So that's number two. Get inside leverage. You heard me talk about it. I've given you the numbers. Easy. Uh, also, G-O-T-F. <laughs> get off the field. Get off the field. Uh, right now, Texas, this game's going to come down to third down defense, by the way. Uh, they are, their third down offense are like 96th. I think our Texas third down defense actually is like 96th in the country. And their third down offense is actually just as bad. They're right around there, too. They're like 110th in the country in third down offense. So this actually may be a matchup between Texas's Achilles heel, which is their third down defense. They're 96th in the country. And K-State's third down offense, which is 113th in the Ooh. country. So they're really bad at converting third yeah. down. Texas is really bad at defending third down, particularly third and long. And this is where, I, like I said, I'm worried about Texas these third and long situations. In Big 12 play, Texas is allowing teams to convert third and long, third and seven-plus yards to go, 45% uh, – sorry, actually 40% of the time, 45% in the last two weeks, 40% overall in Big 12 play. Yep. That's a bad number. That's, that's way too much. They got to get that number. Last year they were at 33%. And they were considered a bad defense last year. In the midst of the six-game losing streak, they were giving up 40% conversion rate on third and long. They cannot afford to do that against K-State. And where you want to get K-State in is third down. Yeah. Because third down, the usage rate for Deuce Vaughn drops precipitously. They use Deuce Vaughn on first down close to 50% of the time. Makes sense. Deuce Vaughn, he's, he's, he's all their offense on first down. On third down, his usage rate drops considerably. All right, and they only use him on third down around 23% of the time. Right. So that's what you want. You want them because basically they have to look away from him more when they start getting those third down situations, um, and that's what you want. That's what you want them to have to look downfield. So that's something to consider too. Also, get off the field. it got to be better on third downs. And I would have specific third down packages ready. The reason teams are really successful and effective versus Texas on third down I think they, they adapt and acclimate to Texas' game plan on first and second down, right, through experiencing what Texas is trying to attack and how they're trying to exploit you on first and second down. If I am Gary Patterson or a PK, totally different game plan on third. Different yeah. scheme, different technique, different everything. Don't allow them to be able to adapt to your game plan on first and second down and then find better ways to counter them on third down. Third down, should, everything on third down should look totally different. Should look, should look anything like first and second down. Right. Totally flip the script on them. That's what I would do. All right? You got to get funky with it. Uh, and also, be ready for empty. You're going to see empty. They love when Will Howard's in there to run empty formation, and they're good at it. They're very good at it. 
in the uh, TCU game. They got a 25-yard completion out of empty. 40-yard completion out of empty. They got a 9-yard touchdown reception out of empty. They even run zone read out of empty. They put Deuce Vaughn at the number one. They take them in jet sweep motion, and then they do the zone read fake to them. And so they'll run zone read out of empty. Also, quarterback run game. Uh, Will Howard has scrambled a ton out of empty. They got a 24-yard reception uh, on fourth down out of empty versus TCU. When I went and clocked it, all the plays that in the TCU game and in the uh, most recent Oklahoma State game out of empty formation, you guys know I love empty. All right, Hell, Texas last season with KC and with Hudson Card, Texas still averaged over 10 yards per attempt out of empty formation. And if you go look at it, same thing in 2020 when Sam Melling was there. They were averaging damn near 10 yards per attempt out of empty. It's just a really effective uh, concept no matter who's running it. And Texas ran a lot of it last year, probably more than they've run it so far this year. But K-State loves it. And you go look at the explosive play rate. They're, they're over 30% of their, their plays out of empty are explosive plays, 15 yards or more downfield. So if Texas is not ready for empty, and trust me, they're going to run a ton of empty concepts versus Texas. I'm telling you now. So don't be surprised by it. Texas better be ready for it. If they're not, Will Howard's going to eat them alive out of empty because he's the run game out of empty. Yeah. They not only spread you out and stress you out, you have to defend every blade of grass and all five of those threats. But also, after you figure out a way to defend Deuce Vaughn in the slot because put a linebacker on him and kiss your good night. All right, don't do that. You got to put a DB or a safety on him in the slot because I can tell you right now, DeMarvion Overshawn, I love him. I love Jalen Ford. They can't cover Deuce Vaughn in the slot. They couldn't cover them last year. They can't cover them this year. Uh, so that's also something that, that you got to be worried about. And I think Sark said it, and I agree with him. You want to gang tackle Deuce Vaughn, man. You got to party the football with that guy. If you don't tackle Deuce Vaughn uh, with a party at the football gang mentality, also going to be a long day for Texas because nobody other than Bijan breaks tackles better than Deuce Vaughn. He's just a human highlight reel. Yeah, he's uh, dangerous. He can make you look real bad real fast. Like these bees over here. Uh, did you kill a bee? <laughs> I'm trying. Why? Yeah, because it's a bee. They are messing with me. They are not messing with you. They want your drink. They want the sweet stuff in your drink. They're not trying to kill you. You realize that there is like a, an, a, a like a natural ecological disaster. Yeah, but this right happening, here, all and, this sweetness, and you realize that it's related to the death of bees. All this sweetness. Have you, have you heard about this I, last decade or so? Bro, Sixty minutes. Not, if not a, I get, lot of articles if about I it. get stung by one of these things, they're and I look stung, like they're not coming I look like you. Hitch, and I look like Hitch. I'm I, not doing that. Those bees have been around it. I've seen them. They're not messing with anybody. They're messing with me, and You're I feel uncomfortable. Ecological serial killer. You're just I mean, killing stuff around you sometimes without any regard at all. Like, that bee was. I love, I love this that, is a stand like your ground you, you situation. Are, you are outside killing living things outside. You realize that, right? I'm, you're outside killing stuff that lives outside. But I'm in, that makes you an ecological serial killer. But I'm because in, there's no it's, it's, this is their home. I'm in He's a, out I'm here in, in his shelter home. right now. And you I'm just ki- you killed him. He was hanging out at his house. What's somebody came to your house and just killed you? That would be a stand my ground situation. This is his home. Then he needs to fight me. He's outside. Because I'm about to fight him. He was just trying to get some of the black margarita there. No, they need to. Go to one of their little honeycombs around here. Somewhere. You are, I can't believe you did that. You just killed his. No, he's just, still alive because he's still alive. Now just he's like, suffering. Just like why'd you put him out of his misery? Now you you didn't beat him over the head, but now he's just sitting there suffering. No, he didn't even fly. No, yeah, he's fine because he's just like just like my baseball career, I swung and missed. <laughs> <laughs> Where is the bee? Where is the bee? No, he's good. He's flying around. I you missed sure? him. Okay, hey, I, I, so I attempted, attempted, attempted murder. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm being that. And it's on video. 
And it's, I, I heard it. I was, I was doing my rod. I was like, what is happening side next I'm to me? I'm trying to defend myself over you here. There's no, no reason you defend yourself. That bee was perfectly fine. You just, so oh, I'm so sorry. I'm yeah. so sorry. Sorry. Yeah, the, the hippie in me came out. <laughs> it showed the tree-hugging liberal in me came out. There. I was looking around to I see apologize. if you had Birkenstocks. In Lockhart, that shouldn't come out at any time. All right. I was checking your Birkenstocks. <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well said. All right. We'll go to break here. We'll come back. This is Ball Don't Lie on 104. Not the Horn. I sit alone in my four-cornered room staring at candles. Who got me? Real, real, real radio dude. Oh, all right. We'll keep this here. At night I can't sleep. I toss and turn. Candlesticks in the dark. Visions of bodies being burned. Ball Don't Lie right here on 104. the Horn. New theme Thursday in the theme. H-Town. Trying to show some love to the Houston Astros. Ghost Rolls. End up evening up the World Series 2-2. Man, Patrick, also an Astros fan like me. And found out, small world. The world is so small. Found out Patrick's mom. Went to school in H-Town. DB High. Went there to East Coast Park. There you go. What? That yeah. is crazy, man. I cannot believe that. So, shout out. Yeah, that's why you say the small world that I also went to high school with Harge's wife. Yeah. <laughs> it is just very weird. Exactly. And worked with my wife before I knew my yes. wife. Yes. Oh, man. Everybody's weird. connected, man. Yes, it, it is. is so all connected, weird. people. Right. So, yeah, small world. And we're having a great time out here. Terry Black's Barbecue in Lockhart, the brand new location. And it's great. And thanks to all the folks who come out here just to say hi. Some people come out here and say, oh, I don't even live in Lockhart. I just want to come over here and hang out <laughs> with you guys. We really appreciate it. Lockhart is a fantastic place, man. They got something special uh, brewing in this community. Uh, let's get – we don't have a ton of time time here uh, so we can pick this conversation up on the other side but the news broke yesterday guys that the big 12 in serious discussions with gonzaga yeah buddy to be a future member of the big 12 conference that would make it undoubtedly undeniably the best basketball conference in the country for sure wouldn't it be a conversation it would anymore? not be a conversation yeah i mean the acc is always kind of going to hang yeah, in there true. because they have north carolina and duke, duke? Yeah. that automatically puts you somewhere in that conversation uh, but the SEC came out last year and was pretty much the best uh, basketball conference the SEC was. Yep. So there is some competition, and we know Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC. When they get there, then that changes dynamics yeah, a little bit too they, because they if Texas yeah. is able to keep progressing, then that changes a little bit. Yeah. But I think Big 12 understands. Till, till 2025. I, I think Big so. 12 <laughs> understands with what they're doing and the Fortune Future Marketing that any team they can get, they're, all, they're only going to have such a foothold in football. Right. Like you can have a foothold, but you can't be – a yeah. football conference. You're yeah. going to need to be, if you can be the number one basketball conference yeah. and a good football conference, yeah. that puts you as a really good conference yeah. as opposed to, hey, man, let's just try and get as many football teams as we can. Yeah. Go get Gonzaga and go try and pick, maybe pick up another couple of just basketball schools to put in there and make yourself an elite basketball conference. Yeah, they would have to, like, formulate a football program over time. Because, like, Zach, do Zach even have a football program? Uh, I don't that's know if they do. That's a great question. I, don't think, sure. I do not believe they I do. I don't believe no. they do. No, but you got to remember, too. They have a baseball program. If you want to talk about Big 12 being yeah, a good conference, they do have yeah. the last two national championships. Our last two champ- national champions are Big 12 teams. Yes. It was Kansas and Baylor. Yeah. Yep. So there is something to be said about this could be a very, very good basketball conference. And especially if Texas is in it for a couple more years, if Gonzaga comes over early. Yeah, and they make that happen. Yeah. If that happens and they're part of the conference, I mean, they're playing in a couple weeks uh, anyway here. They'll be here in town. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I think 
now maybe Chris Beard and the rest of the coaches will be like, come on, man. Yeah. You got to play these guys more? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, you're asking a good point. Well, maybe. it changes. It won't be a non-conference. It will <laughs> no. be a conference. Yeah. Yeah. Later in the season. Yeah. Yeah. Two like, games. Let's go to the SEC. Yeah, um, <laughs> right. Hurry up. <laughs> um, but, no, that's uh, – Brett Yarmark obviously was the guy for the job. Um, yeah, he's, he's making new, moves. Signed a new, te- signed a new broadcast deal, and they're getting more money per school than they got last uh, – it's not last year, but last uh, media rights deal, I should say. And that was when Texas and Oklahoma were in the conference. So, Brett Yarmark did a good job of that. And a lot of people uh, agree with Patrick that, hey, man, you're not going to be able to monopolize any type of football market share or get any football market share. Hey, go after basketball. Um, and that's, a, that's the second biggest moneymaker right now uh, in college sports behind football. And right now the Big 12, well positioned if yep. they can uh, pull in the Zags. All right, we'll come back. We'll get into the World Series uh, Game 4 breakdown. Look ahead to Game 5 tonight. Uh, and also uh, we'll talk about some of the other uh, different headlines uh, in and around the sports world. Live from Terry Black's Barbecue right here in Lockhart, this is Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.